Well, good afternoon, Regeneration. Hey, hello. How's everybody doing this afternoon? We are so glad that you are here. We're glad for all those that stayed over from Fresh Fire. And we are thankful for you that are joining us online here in the United States. And I'm still marveling over the 90 nations that is joining us for this service. Why don't we just give it a hand for all those people around the world that are joining us today. You know, this was a... Of course, all of our days are special, but this day is Palm Sunday and is celebrated around the world as Holy Week. We know on this day or thereabout that Zechariah 9.9, a prophecy given thousands of years ago, said, Rejoice, O Jerusalem. Rejoice, the daughters of Zion. For your king is coming to you. And then it got specific. Riding on the colt of a fold and, and your salvation is coming with him. We know that when he rode in, they started taking their clothes and casting them as that little donkey carried him in. Waving palm branches, laying it down. Shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. God save, save now. Let's stand. Can we do this? I tell you what, I am excited. If they welcomed the king like that, and they really didn't know who they were welcoming for sure, how many thinks this afternoon we can welcome the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into this place? Come on, lift our voice. Let's welcome him. Jesus, Jesus, you are welcome in this room. Come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. We worship you, we adore you, we honor you today. Let's worship as jazz comes. Keep, keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, I feel him in the house already. Look at your neighbor and say, today's the day. Let me hear you say, I 
Would you just lift your hand all over the building? Say, welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. Father, we come believing today for miracles. We build ourselves up on our most holy faith. We receive today. mountain can't be moved they say these chains will never break but they don't know you like we do there is power in your name we've heard we've heard that there is no way There is power. There is power. 
somebody worship him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good afternoon, Regeneration and fresh fire because I know that we had many stay over. And so if this is your first time with us, I just wanna say welcome, welcome to our online guests. Uh, Welcome on Palm Sunday. I'm believing for great things. Uh, you, You can be seated. I love on Palm Sunday, that, that they welcomed Jesus into the city and they laid palm fronds and they laid, they laid um, you know, their, their, their coats and their mantles and there was, there was effort on their part and there was sacrifice on their part. And I feel, like, I feel like this week there has been effort and there has been sacrifice and that goes up as an incense before the Lord you know, with, uh, with all the people who traveled and took off days of work and, and paid the gas prices and all of that. And I'm believing that today God honors that. And as, as we say, Hosanna, that his presence enters in, enters into the church today. And we'll see the fruit of that today. With it being Palm Sunday, next Sunday is Easter. And we have um, an Easter egg hunt for our children. And so uh, parents, uh, make sure and bring their own Easter basket. And if you're interested in volunteering, contact us at office at regenerationnashville.org. There's going to be lots of eggs and we need lots of people to help place them. And so uh, we we hope that you'll join us with that. Uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, uh, Tuesday, that is April 12th, we have our ladies Bible study, uh, and they are doing a new series uh, with Reese Howell's book called Intercessor, the story of a life lived for God. You don't want to miss that. That's in uh, room 100, and that's right here at the Cornerstone location at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, April 12th. And I tell you, I was listening to Brother Ted's uh, Brother Ted's message, and it stuck with me about the woman whose husband was drunk, and her situation would not have changed unless she put herself in a place where the presence of God was, and she made herself a conduit for the presence of God for her family. So women, I just want to encourage you, if you need a change in your family, if you need a miracle for your husband or for your children, make yourself a conduit that God can show up in your situation. And this Bible study is a great place to start. Uh, we also have a, uh, a couple spots still open for our fishing trip in Alaska. That's uh, Yakutat. And uh, it's in September and there are just a couple spots left. Uh, if you're interested in that, see Cody Rothwell. Cody, stand up so they can see who you are. Uh, Cody uh, would be happy to answer any questions that you have. And then we also have another youth event coming up uh, this Saturday and it's from 5 to 7 p.m., and it's at our old church building location. That's 535 Brick Church Park Drive. We have a great time. It's 6th to 12th grade. We eat lots of Chick-fil-A, have lots of laughter, and so I hope that y'all will join us. Uh, If you want to stand to your feet, we'll do our offering declaration, turn our hearts to giving. 
Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper. I'm believing him for advancement, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. I encourage you to greet those around you. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Hello. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy to see you. We have had a fantastic week this week with fresh fire. Wow. We literally had fresh fire. Did we not? How many people came for the Fresh Fire Conference and you stayed over? Uh, Yeah. Let me hear from you. Just give me a shout out. Yeah. Wow. Well, we are so honored to have you here. I just want to take a minute and find out where you're from, if that's okay. Uh, So just somebody let me know where you're from. Ohio. Stand up, Ohio. Let us welcome Ohio. Anybody from Ohio. Wow. Amen. I heard someone else here. Say. New York. Boy, he goes, New York. Us Tennessee folk don't know about New York. Ah, he's got on my shirt. Look at that. The pink one. That's a real man right there, friends. Yeah, thank you. We're glad to have New York. Yeah, who else do we have? Sorry again? Missouri, stand up and show me, Missouri. Yeah, all Missouri. Yes, thank you for being here. Who else? Texas, stand up, Texas. Let us welcome you. Yes, Sister Ruth Ann Garlock is here from Texas, too. We're just so honored to have you. Anybody else? What? Florida. Is that what you said, Florida? Stand up, Florida. All the Florida folks. Yes. We're honored to have Florida here. Glad to have you here. Who else do we have? Are you saying New Orleans? Yeah, stand up, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, glad to have you here. Yeah, okay, so who else? Michigan, stand up. Let us welcome Michigan. Wow. Amen. Amen. Glad to have Michigan. So Arkansas, stand up, Arkansas. Let us welcome you. So I love, I love this place because you get to see how vast the body of Christ, the family of God truly is. People come from all over the country and all over the world uh, to Regeneration Nashville. And I love meeting people. Jesus said this. They said, Jesus, your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside and they want to see you. And he said, these are my mother and my brothers. This is my family, those that do the will of God. And so I meet people. It's, it's so wonderful. Yesterday we had the fellowship uh, at lunch, and I'm, I met so many wonderful people that I just immediately felt related to. I just felt like I knew all my life. Have you sensed that this week at Fresh Fire? Isn't that wonderful? I just love it. So we're, we're honored to have you here. I just have a couple of uh, things that I want to invite you to. Y'all know I'm having a grandbaby. Well, actually, Jasmine's going to have her for me, but I'm going to take her. How's that? <laughs> oh. 
You understand that, don't you? Uh, so uh, she will be born June the 15th, hopefully, and, uh, but her baby shower is May the 7th. And if you're watching online and you want to come, we would love so much to have you and anyone in this room that would love to come, especially if you're a woman. The men can come too, but, but, um, but it's kind of a girl's thing. You know what I mean? You know, we're going to hold our pinky up and drink tea maybe. I don't know. But anyway, we, I just want everybody to come. Gifts are not required. Just want to fellowship and just come and celebrate this new member of our family. So I want you to know that. Also, um, oh, there's my little Jasmine. Stand up, my darling. Y'all saw her earlier, didn't you? Yeah. I remember when she was born. Uh, boy, when the first note out of her mouth was not very good, it was not on tune, but you about got it on tune today, my darling. Sure did. So we're just so, so glad to have our, our church family wherever you are from. I want Brother Timothy Dixon to come right now, if he would. Um, he feels something in his heart that he would like to share uh, with Pastor Kent. Pastor Kent, would you come up this way, please? And I would like uh, for our ushers who have been asked to serve, if you would come very quickly, please. And um, Brother Timothy Dixon feels something in his spirit. So give Brother Timothy Dixon a good hand. Don't you love this brother? We love our brother Timothy. like a brother to me I'm your servant I'm here with you might not be here all the time but my heart is I'm your servant give the Lord a praise 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Wow. Just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Brother Timothy. Thank you so much. When I, uh, when I was still yet single, I was praying and believing God for a man of God to come into my life. I had a prophet come and tell me one time. He said, Sister, I was praying for you, and the Lord told me to tell you that your husband is on the way. You've never met him before. He said, but he's got pretty feet. That's what he said. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who proclaim the gospel. So the whole world has seen your pretty feet, baby. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brother Timothy Dixon. Amen. Wow. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, I want to ask our brothers if they will come. Uh, I want to introduce a family to you that is very important to our family personally, very important to this church body. Our friendship was forged in prayer. And uh, we, be we began to know the Isaacs. They invited us to prayer meeting. And I've la literally laid out on the floor next to them and prayed and cried out to God. And I learned their heart in prayer. I want you to make welcome Regeneration Nashville's own Isaacs family. Come on, give it up for the Isaacs. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how you follow that. <laughs> that was the most beautiful gesture, Pastor Dixon. I'm telling you, what a beautiful thing to see that. And we honor you for that as well. You know, uh, I just wanted to say a little something because um, I grew up in Judaism. My parents are Polish Jewish Holocaust survivors. Many of you know that. So I never knew anything about Easter. We didn't celebrate it. We celebrated Passover. And Passover is a beautiful holiday. It's an important holiday because it's the significance of when the Israelites were enslaved for hundreds of years. But they left the slavery and went to the promised land and they were free. So Passover is just a celebration of freedom. But I have freedom in a different way because 51 years ago, one night, a Jewish kid got down at the altar and accepted Yeshua Jesus as her Messiah. Amen. And there's a song that Sister Candy especially loves, and I love the verse of scripture. It was on my heart. And in English, it's Psalms 133, verse 1. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And that's what our church is. We're a unified body of Christ. He Oh, <laughs> 
friend God is faithful and if you'll just praise him just keep praising him through the pain he is faithful and he will not fail you he will not fail you praise his name with us as we sing this final song when I saw the cleansing found 
why for all my sin I obey the Spirit's wooing when he said wilt thou be for all the hateful people that gave him a hard time for singing on the Grammys, yeah. I want to say you just won another one. 
Hallelujah. As much as I love the Isaacs' talent, I love their love for the house of God more. Um, I've watched them on multiple occasions drive all night on a bus to get home just in time to come to the house of the Lord because of their love for the presence of the Lord. And so today I want to say you will never hear any better singing than that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't plan on saying this, but it's about time that God's people got a voice in the secular world. And if they'd let me preach on the Tonight Show, I would. If they just promise not to edit it. Pastor Jerry and Martha, y'all have drove all the way back after having church at your own church today. Thank you for being here. My last remark before we get into preaching is I want to say thank you to Timothy uh, for that. I was honored, but I promise you there is no encore. Don't anybody else think you're going to follow up on that because I ain't taking my shoes off for anybody else. (laughs) Amen. Great conference. This is the first that we've made the turn more from the prophetic just to build an atmosphere for the presence of the Lord and the supernatural and the miraculous, and I believe that we are on track. Uh, Thank you for coming today. You've made this conference a great success to all of our volunteers and our prayer partners and all of you that put so much time and sacrifice into making this conference successful, thank you. Uh, My text today will be out of the book of Matthew chapter 16. I'm asking you to stand in honor of the word of the Lord. If we can honor the Isaacs, we can honor the Isaac. Hallelujah. Familiar portion of scripture that I want to read, Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 13. This was read recently, I think, in one of the other services by one of our speakers. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom... Do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said unto them, but who say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, Holy Ghost, I ask you that with great clarity and unction today, that you would settle upon your servant and upon the ears of those who are about to hear the declaration again of, I will build my church. We thank you, Lord, that you have seated the atmosphere with your glory, with your supernatural power, and the authority over death, hell, and the grave. Now, Lord, I yield unto you, Holy Spirit, as the preacher of the hour. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to extract from this passage of Scripture that we have read to you five words. I will build my church. What makes this statement so astounding is that the carpenter of Nazareth very likely never even built anything bigger than a stool, a bench, or maybe a yoke for oxen in his father's shop. Yet standing before his disciples, he declares, I am going to build a church of such nature, of such quality, so durable that the gates of hell in all of her fury, in all of her rage, cannot hold it back, restrain it, cannot stop it until the day that it outshines the sun, the moon, and the stars in all of their glory for time and eternity. So from these five words, I want us to examine the statement that Jesus made. I, the divine builder, will the divine decree Build the divine method, my, the divine title deed, and church, the divine structure. First of all, from these words, I'd like to look at the man who is going to build the church. Second of all, I want you to look at the method that he is going to employ to build the church. And thirdly, I'd like us to look at the materials uh, that this carpenter of Nazareth is going to use in erecting the church. When a builder is chosen, and we have some here today, we don't just let anybody off of the street be entrusted with our blueprint, our dreams, or our plans. But we ask for his credentials. Do you have a license? Are you bonded? Is your work guaranteed? Do you have the skills? Do you have references? And what is your experience. So today I want to look at the Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter that up unto this time 
had only built a few small things, but nothing of the magnitude of what he was getting ready to put forth in the earth. The church that Jesus proposes is first of all, if we look at the word I, built on his deity. I will build a church with the emphasis on I. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, when we look at it over and over again, do we find Jesus associating himself with the decree that was given at the burning bush when Moses asked God Almighty, when I stand before Pharaoh, who do I say has sent me? God said to tell him, I am that I am has sent you. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, every time it surfaces again and again, I am. At the woman at the well, when Jesus so delicately began to unveil her sword past and begin to reveal to her what her life was, she finally said, when the Messiah comes, he will tell us of these things. And Jesus looked at the woman at the well, and he said, woman, I am. John 6, after Jesus took a lunch, multiplied it to feed 20,000 people, he said this, I am the bread of life. John ate to the scribes and Pharisees. He looked at them one day and he said, Abraham has rejoiced to see my day. In great indignation, they looked at him and said, how dare you? You are not yet 50 years old. How can you say Abraham saw your day? He said, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am, I am, I am. John 9, when he healed the blind boy, he said, I am the light of the world. John 10, he said this, I am the door to the sheepfold. I am the good shepherd. John 11, when two sorrowing sisters are weeping over a rotting corpse and they looked at Jesus and said, oh, if you had come a little bit earlier, Lazarus would be alive. He said, Martha, don't you know I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again because he is the resurrection. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 15 says, I am the true vine. Revelation says, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. John 18 when Judas and his murderous brigade comes into the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus rises from his knees of great intercessory prayer and he looks at them and he said, who do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And the moment they said that, Jesus looked at them and he said, I am he. 
And in that moment, they fell to the ground and could not do anything but bow before the great I am. One day this will happen to the whole world if such a faint glimpse of his deity then could make them fall at his feet. Imagine what will happen when Jesus comes back with all the glory of his Father, with all the glory of the angels, and all the glory that he had before he ever came to the world. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Paul said this, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Does he have credentials to build a church? He is the same I.N. that turned 70 souls into three and a half million people called Israel. Turned a rock into a river. Turned a sea into a highway. And lit up the night with a pillar of fire. Turned the machinery of death into reverse. And the Easter tomb conquered death, hell, and the grave. Can he build a church in 2022? The church in the wilderness. The church in the dark ages. The church in the upper room. And the church today answers with a thundering yes yes he can yes he can hallelujah secondly i want to look at the divine creed He said, I will, not I hope to, I plan to, I'm going to start soon. He said, I will, and hell notwithstanding. If we could ask Jesus today, if we could have stood that day and asked that carpenter, How are you going to fulfill this decree? He would have said, I'm going to lay down my glory and I'm going to robe myself in common flesh. I'm going to enter the world through the womb of a young virgin and I will grow into a man. I will lay down my life and I will let my blood be shed for my people. I will ascend to my Father and I will put my blood on the mercy seat. I'm going to fill my church with my nature. I'm going to possess them. I'm going to excite them. I'm going to empower them. And I'm going to defend them. I'm going to activate them and fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then I'm going to turn them loose in the earth. And I'm going to say, preach the gospel of the great I am. How many times have
you and I in hindsight look back on something that we had endeavored to do. And if we would have said, if I'd have only known how this was going to end, I would have never started it. That all the obstacles and the problems that I would have encountered, I would have never initiated this endeavor. But what separates the I am from you and me is that Jesus knew. He knew that Peter would deny him. He knew that Judas would betray him. He knew that the disciples would forsake him. He also knew that thousands of Christians would shed their blood in the arenas of Rome, the amphitheaters, and seal their fate in their own blood. But they would not deny the Christ because he also had the ability to look beyond the failures and the temporary setbacks the year of 2020 when coronavirus came loose and the church was shut down for a moment. He also knew that there would be a small town, Martin Luther, hallelujah, that would march on a castle in Wittenberg, Germany, and he would light a torch of faith that would begin to light the world. In spite of the lukewarmness, the false doctrines, the spirits of antichrist, the lovers of pleasure more than the lovers of God wolves in sheep's clothing homosexuality in the church watered down gospel evil politics and COVID in this day trying to shut the church down he also knew that the church would not only survive but would triumph to shine with the glory of God in the day that we live in because the flame cannot be put out by the watered-down men of this age. Hallelujah! No wonder he's the I Am. No wonder he's the first and the last because he could see the beginning but also he marched to the end where there's a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. I want us to look a little bit at the divine method. He didn't say, I will plant my church. That's a little bit easier. You just go out and throw a seed in the ground and every once in a while you come along and you pour some water on it, pull some weeds, let the sun shine on it. Then just come out one day and there's a big harvest. He didn't say, I will plant my church. He declared, I will build my church. 
See, building requires the plans of an architect. You go try to build a splendid structure without the plans, and you're going to get about two-thirds of the way and find out one wall doesn't line up with another wall. And the floor is an inch higher over here than it is over here because they just winged it. God did not wing the church. God the Father made complete provision and he orchestrated the plans for the church before the foundation of the world and before man ever showed up in the Garden of Eden because Jesus said, I was slain before the foundation of the world. So Jesus became the master draftsman. Not only does it require an architect, it requires a good foundation. It requires the selecting and the gathering of materials and the choice of the right workmen. Jesus then declared that you and I would help him build the church. For it said that you and I are workers together to help build the kingdom of God. But what is so unique and where God deviates from the normal plans when a man shows up or the team shows up on the job site to build the house, they come with a tool chest. But God said, I'm not going to use a tool chest. But he said, I'm going to give you keys instead of that. A key implies a lock. A lock implies a closed door. A closed door implies a prison. And a prisoner implies a prisoner. In Luke 4.18, Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach deliverance unto the captives. The world today, and I think that we would all unanimously concur, is a miserable Wretched prison of people who are sin bound and headed for hell. But Jesus has given us a blood bought, Holy Ghost anointed gospel for you and I. 
to preach and to proclaim to the world. No wonder the enemy will let a church grow when the preacher just becomes a motivational speaker and gives them a bit of hope on how to live with their weakness. That's not the gospel. Hallelujah. That will never open a prisoner door. That will never break the chains of sin off of him. What does? It is the preached word of the Lord that looses men from their bondage of addiction, breaks the chains of hell, and sets them free by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus knew the time would come when men would not be able to endure sound doctrine. But the commandment to preach was never rescinded before Jesus can come back for the church. He says the gospel must be preached in all of the world and then the end shall be. No wonder hell hates the gospel which is the good news because hell wants to tell you when you get a disease you gotta live it with the rest of your life but we'll give you a pill that'll help you be at peace with it. It tells an alcoholic though you never drink again you're an always an alcoholic. It will tell a person with the Depression. You will never be free. You'll be a zombie on antidepressants because man has never learned. Though they can do brain surgery and take the heart of a man out of his chest, they've never learned how to heal a broken hearted or change the mind of a man from the powers of darkness. Nothing will ever replace the preaching of the gospel. Singing will not replace it. Teaching will not replace it. Books will not replace it. There's something about when an individual gets a holy unction on them and out of their belly begins to flow the preach that when the preached word begins to go forth the I am said it's like a hammer that breaketh rocks into little pieces and it pulls down the stone walls of the prison. Paul said nothing in 1 Corinthians 1.21 Nothing will ever replace the preaching of the gospel. In fact, Paul said, God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them which are lost. The preaching of the gospel can do what man can never do. It heals the broken heart. For many of you sit here today as a living testimony and a tribute to the fact that God puts your heart back together. Gives peace 
to a troubled soul. It is enough for sin and sorrow and sadness and bondage and slavery and addiction and depression and suicide and pornography and murder and hatred. Time cannot weaken the gospel. The laws cannot change it. Culture cannot outdate it. The gospel transcends it. And time and laws and hell will never shut it up because it it is the divine method that God has chosen in these last days. No wonder a man who had failed just hours before, a few days later, could stand in an upper room having never preached could come out of a dark corner and when the preacher hit him the I am when the Holy Ghost hit that upper room and the wind of God began to blow it blew it to the corner of Peter's soul and it blew out failure. It blew out unbelief. It blew out fear. It blew out intimidation. And it filled it with the preach until he stood up and said, I can't help myself. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And what nobody could do in a moment's time, the gospel being preached transformed 3,000 men into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The preaching of the gospel is still the answer to every problem that man has. There is no situation under the sound of my voice that the gospel does not already have answer for today. There is no demon dogging you today that the gospel will not give you the equation of victory for. The gospel is the key. Jesus, hallelujah, used these keys on Nicodemus, the woman in adultery, the thief on the cross, Peter used these keys on the day of Pentecost. Philip did in Samaria. Paul did in Corinth. Laodicea, Philippi, and the uttermost parts of the earth at that time. Luther, hallelujah, used those keys in Germany. Wesley in England. Moody in the United States of America. Hudson Taylor in China. And David Livingston in Africa. And Praying Hyde in India. And what is so amazing is you and I today have in our hands the same keys that turned Africa upside down. Europe inside out. 
took a Sunday school preacher named Moody and made him evangelist that would shake the kingdoms of darkness in the midst of a great nation. The method, hallelujah, is a divine method. There is no better way to win men's souls. It's not a concert. It's not a play. It's not entertainment. It's not the building. But it's the gospel. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. For a moment, I would like to draw your attention to the materials that Jesus chose to use in building the church. All of us would fall into this description if we were going to build a home we would pick the very best materials that we had the money to purchase them with. I have had some building experience when I would go to Home Depot and look for two by fours. You gotta sort through them. Or deck boards, because you find out when you get home that some of them are twisted and they're bowed and I can't use them because they're inferior materials but not Jesus he said you and I are the material we're the lively stones today And we are living tribute to this. He has chosen the twisted, hallelujah, the rotten, the blasted, and the broken, and the bruised. He's washed us in his blood. He's buried us in baptism. He's changed our nature. And then he declares, this is my glorious church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're the rotten. We're the blues. We're the twisted. We're the warped. And in our cesspool of sin, in our unusable condition, The master carpenter walked into that old lumber yard and they said, but this is the best. He said, show me your discards. They said, sir, you don't want those. They're not good for anything. He said, oh, when I get done with them, they'll be straight and beautiful. And the male-starred hands of the master carpenter from Nazareth walked over into the cesspool of your misery, picked you up, and began to wash you with the blood of the lamb until 
all of a sudden, you and I stand here today straight, whole, delivered, free, beautiful, radiating the glory and the majesty of the glorious church. All of us, the internet bearing this fact, are interested in our geology, genealogy. We want to know who's in our family tree. We're looking for the king, the queen, the wealthy entrepreneur, the inventor. And then when we get to the horse thief, We get to the moonshiner. We just want to glaze over that. We don't want anybody. I've yet to meet anybody that said, you know, my family tree, we had a moonshiner. Everybody wants to say, you know, seven generations back, we're related to the Queen of England. You know, my great, 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 great grandfather started such and such a company. Not with Jesus. When you look at the master book of genealogy, you look at where we came from. Has an adulterer named David, a drunk named Noah, a prostitute named Rahab, a blasphemer called Paul. 1 Corinthians 6.11 declares, and such were some of you. And yet today, your Savior is not ashamed to bring you before his Father. Say, this is my brother. Hallelujah. This is my son. This is my daughter. And when the accuser steps up and says, but you don't know why. And the father says, I can't hear you. It's under the blood. And the blood won't let me see who they were. That's why Jesus said that you come to Christ. You are a new creation. All things pass away. Your failures, your faults, everything that you've done is gone. And you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. First Corinthians 1.27 says that God has chosen the foolish things of the world. The root word of foolish in the original language is where we get our word moron. So if we were speaking in Greek, it would say, but God chose you morons. How many, when you look back on your past, go, I was a moron. (laughs) 
I read today in the New King James or the ESV, I was talking about, it said, the stupid do not have the wisdom of God. Sometimes the gospel requires some honesty. You know what I found out? That in this day and age, you can't tell anybody they're going to hell. You want to see how many emails I get from Christians that get ticked off? But the Bible says, but are whoremongers and adulterers and liars and thieves and unthankful and people who are fearful shall be cast into the lake of fire. We want to talk about the glories of heaven. But when Jesus came on the scene, he said, I've got to change you. I'm going to snatch you out of the fires. It is not happenstance that most of the church today <clears throat> is not comprised of scientists and PhDs and billionaires because the carnal mind can't understand the things of God. So it's the foolish, the weak, the unlearned, the broke, that God said, go into the highways and to the byways and to the hedges. That should have never been declared if the man that owned the oxen and the man that married the bride and the man that was wealthy enough to buy the land had put value on coming to the feast. But they were too caught up in their own comfort, their own ability, their own resources that said, I don't need God. So Jesus said, go back out there and you get the bruised, the broken, the poor, the blind, and the captive. Because he said, my house is going to be full. Can I tell you, the church of this age is going to be full by the power of God. I prophesy to every seat in this building that the glory of God is coming after you and going to bring you in by the power of the Lord. He's chosen the weak things of the world to confine them, confound them that are mighty the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen and yea, things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Today, the I am has reached into every continent Race, culture, color, young, old, rich, and poor to obtain materials for his glorious church. 
In this hour, the master carpenter of Nazareth has formed the masterpiece of the ages without wrinkle, without blemish, perfect in his likeness and has become his bride throughout all eternity. Just as Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, Caesar, Nero, Castro, Saddam Hussein, Attila the Hun have had to bow their knee to Jesus Christ. There will come a day when every man in this age will yield and bow to the King of Kings, the King of Glory, the Great I Am, Jesus Christ, the Righteous. What you are standing on is the very preface of the end time church. God in his mercy has picked you up out of the fires of hell, set you on a rock of the ages, set you free and said, build my church. Stand with me. What is in this building cannot be stopped. You can move us. You can put us in the streets. You can take away the sound systems and the instruments. But before there were any of those, the gospel had already reached too deep in the heart of man. You say, why will the church be successful in this age? Because for the last 2,000 years, there's been enough blood of Christian martyrs that has been put... <laughs> in the soil that out of that soil there is a cry that the eternal father cannot ignore and it says revival 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 from the blood-stained amphitheaters of Rome down through the dark ages into the lockdown Indonesian countries that have martyred Christians and still are from Ethiopia and around the world there is blood today of Jesus that is declared on this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I hear a clarion call from heaven today that said I'm looking for workers who will lay down their own goals and dreams and will stand before your father today and say, yet not I, but Christ in me. From the balconies and the backs, I give you an invitation to run to the altar today, right now, and begin to declare, Lord, use me to build your church. No greater honor, no greater calling, no greater privilege than for the nail-scarred hand of the master carpenter who could not prove that he could build simply with a stool or a chair. But today, time has bore out that all oh, this man 
could build. Think of where God has brought you from. If our dirty laundry was there today, none of us would like each other. You would never come hear me preach again. The beauty of it is the blood makes us blameless. What the Father sees today is not the twisted, the rotten, the blasted, the crooked. But he sees sons and daughters that radiate the glorious nature of his son, Jesus Christ. And so while hell tries to divide the church through racism, religious hatred, false religions, enemies from within, and enemies from without, down through the ages of time what you're seeing is the church that has been built on I am that I am Pastor Kent will we succeed oh yes we will is Christ coming back oh yes he is why is he coming because he can't stay away from the glorious bride that's without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. When he hung on the cross and he said, It is finished. He signed the architectural plans. Then on the day of Pentecost, he looked at his disciples and he said, Build my church they said how do we build it Lord he said do it on me so today we lift up no man we lift up no specific book we lift up no great revelation Paul said I have nothing else to preach but Jesus Christ and him crucified There is a spirit of God that is tugging at the hearts. There are many of you that I see God pulling on you and God saying, will you yield to what I'm asking you to do? Will you say yes to the commission that God is breathing into the ear of your soul? Say, what is it, Pastor? It might be the call to be an intercessor. It might be a call to give more time in prayer. It might be a time for God saying, I need you to be a servant to the unfortunate. But I tell you this, there is a place for every one of you in the house that God is building. I will end with this. The writer in Hebrews, I think, says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. 
I've never built a home, but I've been with people that have built. I remember they would say, let's ride over and see how far along they are. And you ride in the car and they go, oh, look, the roof's on. Or you walk in, they go, oh my, they got all the plumbing in. There's the bathroom. Look, honey, that's our master bedroom. The cloud of witnesses is standing and looking over the edge of heaven. And they're saying, oh, look. The last window's getting ready to be put in. Oh, look. Pastor Kent just hung the last door. Regeneration Nashville just finished the landscape. What is it? It means we're getting ready to move in to the mandate of the church. <clears throat> oh, tis a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Tis a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Can I get you to raise your hands and say yes? Send me. Use me, oh God. Can you hear God speaking to your inner man? Saying, son, daughter, can I use you? Will you help me build my church? Will you let me change your life? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Wait on the Lord. There's a heavy presence right now. Something's happening. distracted <clears throat> praise God <clears throat> hallelujah hallelujah Jasmine you got a song Since then I was 
Free from your burden of sin. There's power. 